1: Alright, welcome to Bet the Edge, I'm Jay Croucher, Nicole Jokic as well. We are just witnesses, but we're going to talk about the <laughs> NFL schedule released today. Let's welcome in Drew Dinsick and Vaughn Dalzell. Let's get stuck right into it, Schedule came out last night. NFL week one, uh, so we're going to start with Vaughn. Uh, Detroit KC is the opener on NBC, line is KC minus seven, total is 54 and a half. What do you make of this one?
2: Yeah, definitely an exciting season opener the detroit lions are actually playing the nfl opener for the first time ever uh so that's got to be exciting but what's more exciting is jared goff in week one being 6-0 and ats the most profitable quarterback uh in the nfl during week one so you know if you're getting a seven or seven and a half here the lions may not be a terrible bet with the offense that they have obviously it's tough fading uh the chiefs in arrowhead but week one is the best time as ever so i think this is going to be a terrific game and I want to talk about a couple trends. And since we're talking about the Super Bowl winner, we might as well talk about the Super Bowl loser. Since uh, 1999, Super Bowl hangover, it's real. Week one, these teams are 4-19 and 19 against the spread over the last 23 seasons. We have the Philadelphia Eagles, guys, laying four and a half points as a road favorite at the Patriots. Four and a half, maybe the worst number ever to be betting favorites in the NFL. But the Patriots also haven't closed as a home underdog in week one since 1976 of more than a field goal. Uh, so I really feel like the chiefs and the Eagles are two teams that could be fading in week one. Uh, and just the last thing I want to hit on is a uh, divisional home underdog guys, because Drew, I know you probably have some knowledge of this, but home underdogs in division games are seven and zero ATS since 2018 and 15 and two ATS since 2012. We don't get one. We don't get two, not three, but four of them in week one with the Browns Colts, Giants, and Jets. So, Uh, I have a lot of looks for week one card already, but I'm certainly excited about the games. I think the NFL did a really good job of scheduling week one overall.
3: Yeah, I I remember my biggest side last year, week one, was Falcons catching five at the Saints, uh, and uh, that was one of those situations. This uh, this line in the opener at seven, to me, says a couple things. Um, You know, typically I would give a home team two points, you know, something like 8% win share for just having the home crowd behind you but banner night is different right um and you know if you want to give the chiefs four points for uh for home Field on Banner Night, then so be it. Uh, that tells you though that like you know Chiefs are going to be your highest power rated team to start the season. Pretty obviously, uh, not enough changes in the offseason to suggest that they would be any lower than like a uh, seven or eight points better than an average team on a neutral. Uh, and if there's four points of home field advantage in here, that tells you the Lions are you know kind of catching a decent amount of respect as say two or three points over you know better than a, a, an average team. Um, and you know I think. The way to take away you know, the way that the Lions schedule breaks, a lot of people very high on them for the win total has already gotten steamed up. A lot of NFC North bets already on the Lions. There's no reason to rush to the window now. They're the sacrificial lambs in week one. I think absolutely if you have any spirit to back the uh, Restore the Roar campaign this year, you can clearly wait until after this uh, particular exercise because after this game, they have 3 of 4 at home. Uh, They're not going to be dogs again until at the Ravens week seven, as far as I can tell you. So, um, you know, if the Lions are going to catch any any momentum and, you know, build a case to win their division, uh, you know, I don't I don't think you you have to worry about running to the window now. You can wait until they're 0-1 after this loss. Do you agree with that kind of sentiment, Jay?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, seems like they are clearly the class of the NFC North. It's still jarring to see the Detroit Lions, the fourth favorite to win the NFC. Yeah, sure. But I think when you look at it, it's plenty justified when you think that, The NFC South isn't really throwing up any obvious contender and the rest of the NFC North isn't either. Um, So I think the Lions merit that. Uh, In terms of the rest of the slate, uh, the line that just stood out to me as the most interesting and I'm not saying it's wrong necessarily, but it's the Bengals being two and a half point favorites in Cleveland where that Cleveland team, Mm -hmm. I think is probably the most high variance team in the league just because they have a quarterback who could be the third best quarterback in the NFL or the 28th best quarterback in the NFL. We just have no idea. And the supporting cast is pretty strong for that Cleveland team. So like, I would not be shocked if the, the return game of Bengals Browns is just, is vastly different, even when you flip home field relative to what it is now. So that's probably the game that I'm most interested in. And Cleveland are the most compelling team to me, just in terms of how they look uh, in the early season. Uh, Let's jump into some win totals and make-miss playoffs. But firstly, a reminder to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. A lot of people used to ask me, like, oh, does the schedule release, does it change? You know, win totals or Super Bowl odds? Like, no, not really. Like, we already knew all the teams that everyone was playing. There was definitely some stuff around the margins, the fact that... You know, Baltimore don't play a single team coming off a bye this season. Uh, That kind of stuff. That does matter a little bit, but it's not going to change a team's win total from 7.5 to 9.5 or anything. But now that we do have the schedule, Vaughn, uh, in terms of a win total and a make-miss playoff bet, what are your favorites?
2: There's a couple that I do like here for the over-under wins. uh, One under, I'll say, is the Washington Commanders. may not be shocking to anybody, but you're getting plus 100 for the under there. They're one of two teams that don't have a bye week until week 14 this year. And they play back-to-back road games three separate times this season with one primetime game. So the league's obviously not very excited about Washington, and it's hard to be with Sam Howell as the quarterback, Chase Young getting hurt every year, and our top conversation with Washington being surrounded by, what's Scary Terry's fantasy value? Is it Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson this week? Uh, so with this team only being favored three times all year and two of those times being minus one favorites, I think it's pretty safe to assume Washington will finish below. And I'll give you an over because I have to say it, guys. Best draft class of the NFL. Those Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. (laughs) Wave your towel. All right? It's a big deal. They filled a lot of needs. But I think that they still will go over their eight-and-a-half win total. Obviously, Mike Tomlin, he's still the coach, never had a losing season. Uh, The Steelers actually – I already bought my tickets for the home opener, week one against the Niners. Put the money line in your pocket. Uh, But the Steelers opening the season – at home for the first time since 2014. Uh, it's been a long time. Their schedule's very favorable. Their favorites are more than half their games. A three-game homestand, weeks eight, nine, and ten, and only three trips out west, uh, and they're all spread out, okay? So with new options like Allen Robinson and Darnell Washington already added to Pickens, Freer move, Najee Harris and Johnson with Kenny Pickett's second year and first full season, I like the Steelers are eight and a half along with the Commanders under six and a half.
1: Go okay, on. Drew. What's your favorite win total?
3: Well, uh, typically this time of year, I I tread lightly on win totals because I'm not really trying to you know lock in these kind of prices for yeah. the, you know the dur- you know an eight month duration here. So, yeah. uh, but the, I, you know, I'm only really looking for particularly poor prices, and uh, I'm also really only shopping for unders because. There is a long tail to almost every win total under, which is something happens to the quarterback, either, you know, poor play, he loses his job or he gets injured. And honestly, the sequencing of the schedule, I was already kind of nibbling around the margins for the Patriots in ways I could try to fade that team this year because they are now in one of the most competitive divisions in football uh, and they have one of the most hellacious schedules. Well, the sequencing to me does matter now. They play elite defenses first four weeks of the season. Very realistic. This team is 0 4 as they head into their week five, and people are asking questions about the future of the quarterback position. We already know that there's a lot of tension there building between Mac Jones and Belichick. And, uh, you know, realistically, if the Patriots decide, hey, we're going to try something different, if it's not working under Bill O'Brien, who also, by the way, starts pretty slow, uh, you know, I think realistically this team could be in a deep, Deep, deep hole uh, come midseason. Um, you know, and, and it never really lets up. Like they have a lot of home games early in the season, but their, you know, opponents at home, you know, don't really soften up until you get to week nine where they host the commanders and then week 10 Colts before their bye week. So uh, I don't see a lot of wins on the schedule for the Patriots. I certainly don't see uh, enough to get involved in the over. So give me some Patriots. Under And uh, honestly, as soon as uh, um, MGM pops the uh, alt-win total unders, I'm going to go even <laughs> lower because uh, I think realistically there is a decent chance this team uh, is picking in the top five next year. Yes.
1: I don't think it's very... Long at all that Bailey Zappi is the quarterback of that team uh, at some point this season, be it through Mac Jones getting traded or just the season being a disaster. Uh, My favorite win total is the Baltimore Ravens over nine and a half wins. Uh, I mean, this team, I feel like, largely everything went wrong for the team last season. They still got their way to 10-7. and 7. The defense is loaded. They very nearly beat the Bengals in Cincinnati with Tyler Huntley on the strength of their defense. I think there's a few sneaky things as well. Like Mark Andrews wasn't right physically all of last season. He's mm-hmm. their best school position player, uh, best pass catcher. Uh, the fact that he should be healthier, The fact that Devin DuVernay was their number one wide receiver and now is probably going to be number four, I think that helps. I think Lamar with the security of the contract, uh, I expecting a huge year from him. Uh, And just the defense. I mean, there are pieces on that defense like Kyle Hamilton. He will be better. He finished the season off really strongly. So I just think this team is loaded. I think that they are... They're kind of being treated as in that second tier of the AFC with teams like the Chargers and the Dolphins and they're in behind the Jets uh, in outright odds. I think they're a better team than the Jets, and I think they're very close to that big top three uh, of Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. So uh, give me the Ravens over. Uh, Make-miss playoff markets. uh, They are all out as well, naturally. Vaughn, what are your best bets here?
2: Uh, I'll give you the guys, the Miami Dolphins. To make the playoffs. And that's gonna be a hot top because we talked about the scheduling coming out and hey it may how affect how people look at these games. And when you look at the Dolphins strength of schedule, they have one of the toughest ones, top five in the NFL. And that may scare you off of them, but when you look at it a little deeper, Miami has the fourth fewest miles to travel of any team this season. They go to California week one against the Chargers, then Germany week nine against the Chiefs. The 15 out of 17 games for the Dolphins will be on the East Coast. That is tremendous. For this team. They are number one ATS at home since twenty twenty. Uh, but they're twelve and twelve ATS on the road since then. So they're really a home bet on fade on the road, but the road games, not much travel this year, which I think benefits them. And obviously they went one and five in their last six games down the stretch. Uh have to be Joe Flacco and the Jets to get into the postseason here. So with the Bills playing a really significantly hard schedule, six of their last eight teams are projected to have winning records, and four of the last six are on the road. The Jets being Possibly the Boston Celtics of the NFL this year, the NBA, because New York's going to be favored in almost every game. Five primetime games, numbers totally inflated. Uh, I think there's value on the Dolphins here to go over their win total and to make the playoffs. Uh, You're getting almost plus 100 money there uh, to to go over their win total or make the playoffs. So I like both those bets.
1: Yep. I'm in on the Dolphins as well. What do you think, Troy?
3: uh i worry a little bit about the potential for the quarterback not playing 17 games otherwise this otherwise this roster is elite the defense looks elite to me uh and yeah i believe and i believe in mike mcdaniel i mean mike mcdaniel is my guy if if there's one coach in the in the nfl besides kyle shanahan that i would be fine going to war with at this point it's definitely uh uh mike mcdaniel so uh yeah i think it's i think he could figure it out but uh Uh, For me, at least, uh, again, kind of the way their season starts out at the LA Chargers, where I think the Chargers are probably a bet at minus two and a half at home. uh, I'm going to wait and try to scoop a better price in season on the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, because yep.
1: they're beating New England in week two, so. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Drew, what's your favorite make playoff
3: oh I'm going to go make uh, for the Falcons at plus 180. Uh, to me, this doesn't okay. make a ton of sense. I think the Falcons are above the 50th percentile in the NFC, uh, and I think there are three playoff spots that are completely up for grabs. Their division... And two wild card spots where we really don't know who's going to ultimately, uh, you know, score eight nine wins to get those those wild. You know, you really only have to get eight wins, really, probably, to be in contention for uh, the NFC South. Nine wins, I think, puts you squarely in contention for uh, a fallback of you make the uh, wild card six or seven spots. So uh, Falcons, yes, plus one eighty. Team completely rehabilitated their uh, the talent on the defensive side of the ball with acquisitions in free agency, and yes, these guys are probably past their football. Prime. but it doesn't matter. These are bodies that Uh, are going to meaningfully change the, uh, you know, just the makeup and the character of that defense on top of, uh, you know, they're making a bet on uh, a quarterback who they obviously like what they've seen behind closed doors. They like his work ethic. They like his ability to take a meaningful step forward this year. So if Falcons are buying into it, Uh, they put all the pieces in place to make some noise in a weak NFC this year. So uh, I'm going to take them on to make the playoffs a plus 180, a lot of outs here to get this one done. I like this better than them winning the uh, NFC South at a little bit bigger Price uh, just because of the uh, potential for them to score one of those wild card spots. If, for whatever reason, the likes of the Saints and the Buccaneers happen to be quite good this year,
1: yeah, I think typically when you're dealing with a weak division, like with if you wanted to bet on the Colts to make the playoffs, you're just better off betting them to win the AFC South. But I think the NFC is so incredibly weak uh, and shallow that you're actually, yeah, potentially better off betting to just make the playoffs um, because those last few slots uh, should be pretty attainable. My best bet in this market is the Los Angeles Chargers to make the playoffs at minus 105, which I think is pretty generous. Again, year from hell, last season from the Chargers, still managed to make the playoffs with relative ease. I think back to how this team closed 2021 where Justin Herbert, he ended the season as the best uh, quarterback in luck-adjusted EPA. I think that Herbert is the top five quarterback in the league. I think that with Rashawn Slater back, the offensive line will be better. Joey Bosa comes back. They had the JC Jackson's Barkle last season. Their wide receivers are constantly injured. They get Quinton Johnston now to supplement uh, the core with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think this team has – real juggernaut potential and obviously you still have to favor the chiefs in the afc west but i think the charges like i would not be shocked at all if the charges just go 13 and 4 uh top two seat that's very much in play
3: i love that not a 50 50 market
1: no, I think they should uh, They should be clearly favored to make it. All right, every season is draft season. Get your Rotoworld draft guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts, packed with profiles, rankings, projections, order today, and get all three Rotoworld draft guides for the price of two, plus use promo code BERRY and save an extra 20% at checkout. Mm-hmm. We're going to close out with our favorite futures bet in the NFL. Uh, Vaughn, we'll start with you. What's your bet?
2: All right. Well, got to say, Jay, you kind of touched on an angle that kind of hits me for mine too because you said how Justin Herbert and the Chargers lost last season. They came out and they want to, you know, make this year a lot better. A guy that had to watch his former team win a Super Bowl was Tyreek Hill. Uh, in 2021, with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill recorded career highs in reception and targets, 111 and 159. In 2022, he reset those highs with Tua and other quarterbacks, uh, 119 receptions, 170 targets, over 1,700 yards, uh, record 77 first downs for him, and back-to-back full seasons, and he was banged up still playing. So I'm looking at Tyreek Hill for Offensive Player of the Year at 20-1. to I think there's a lot of value there. I think you look at Miami's schedule, how I said they don't have to travel very far for a lot of their games. That's going to help with the health of a lot of these players, as long as Tua is healthy. Tyreek Hill should take that next step forward, and he, is, he gets the ball in various ways, too. Obviously, he had carries last year, scored a rushing touchdown, but when I looked at this market, we had Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and uh, Christian McCaffrey all ahead of him in terms of odds, and I kind of feel like Tyreek Hill has just as much value, if not better value, than those guys. So um, the fastest player in the league and arguably the most dynamic player in the league on a high-flying offense behind a young genius of a head coach, in my opinion. I'll take Tyreek Hill to finally get the award that uh, he may have already – he should have probably won once or twice in the past.
1: Yeah, I think Tyreek is the best wide receiver in the league. I think he's arguably the most valuable non-quarterback in the league as well. Uh, and I think that he probably would have won last year if he and Tua stayed healthy the whole season. Tyreek is dealing with an ankle late and his numbers tailed off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind the look on Tyreek. My best bet is also in this market – Bit of a longer shot is uh, Bijan Robinson to win offensive Ooh. player of the year, not rookie, just offensive player of the year. I bet 60 to 1 on this, it's 30 to 1 on MGM. I still think you can get 45 to 1 that type of price. And just betting on upside here, Bijan is the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson, maybe Saquon Barkley, if you want to make that argument. But we have where you slice it, he's one of the th- three best running back prospects to come out of the draft in the past 20 years. Obviously, he is off the charts in terms of his talent. And now he goes to literally the best spot in the NFL that he could have landed in terms of just putting up stats. And what I think with this award, this is just a production and statistical award. You go back and you just you look at the winners in recent years, and they're all basically just the number one fantasy guy at their position. So Cooper Cup, um, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jonathan Taylor, who was right there to win, his leading running back, Michael Thomas for wide receiver, and so Bijan right now in standard scoring fantasy, he's going, he's projected as the third best running back in the NFL, third best skill position player total. So I just think that Bijan, he is at a steeper price because he's a rookie. But I just don't think that is going to sink him in this because I think back to Mike Parsons, and Parsons would have won Defensive Player of the Year if Baker Mayfield didn't fall over four times for TNL. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a situation where like, Parsons had D-Roy locked up seven weeks into the season, and then it was just kind of – then he moved on to the next award. And I think there's a similar thing that could happen with Bijan uh Tyler Algier averaged 4.9 yards per carry in Atlanta they got an amazing run blocking line I think the team will be good enough as well to your point Drew that you know they can you know they can win the division they can make the playoffs and if he wins the rushing title uh and they make the playoffs or he gets pretty close to 2,000 rushing yards either way I think that he can he can win this award but uh what's your bet Drew?
3: I'm gonna go as weird as it gets. I loved you guys' breakdowns, by the way, and it sounds like we're kind of rowing the boat in the same direction on a lot of teams, which is always a good time we didn't really, we yeah. didn't really plan this. We were just sort of, you know, hey, what, what do you think? And uh, yeah, it's good that we already have a little consensus. I'm gonna go with uh, a team we haven't talked much about, but I think is mispriced in the Super Bowl market. I know, like wow. you, you'd say, how is that possible? Well. Somehow, some way, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are being overlooked at 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And you might okay. say, uh, you mean the team that needed to come back from what, a 27 point deficit in their one home playoff game last year can all of a sudden make the leap to Super Bowl winner? Maybe. But even more important, they are in the weakest division in in, uh, in the AFC by margin. They could potentially play, uh, you know, a mix of Gardner Minshew and rookie quarterbacks uh, in division and compile a six and zero record. Um, the rest of their schedule, I think, breaks very very favorably. They get Casey at home, where they'll probably be a small dog. Uh, They're one kind of difficult road game at Buffalo. That got flipped in their favor thanks to the schedule because Buffalo now has to travel to London, give up that home game, and uh, it will be a game that uh, the Jaguars will already have been acclimated, having played in London the week prior against the Falcons. So a huge swing in terms of win equity in that game alone with the schedule the way it broke. Um, And as I look down the card, I see them being meaningful favorites in 12 out of 17 games. And then the rest of them, we're looking at them. The only road game where I can see them potentially uh, being a a dog of two and a half, three points might be at the Browns late in the season with the cold weather and if the Browns ultimately reach their potential. So, yeah, I think the Jaguars are alive to get the one seed, guys. And if they have a bye and they only got to play one of the likes of the Chiefs or the Bills in the playoffs Um, I think you know the likelihood of them getting to the Super Bowl and and potentially exercising a a victory here is real so uh, they're 28 to 1 right now on BetMGM I think that only gets shorter between now and when we get to the playoffs and I have put a decent amount of that in my pocket
1: yep I like it. Particularly, I don't think these markets are out yet, but the Jags to get the one seed just because of the schedule, the division, the fact that the other contenders for the one seed, they all play in brutal divisions. uh, So the Jags, they might... You know, the, the Jags don't even have to be that amazing to go 13-4, and four, and that might be uh, enough true. for a one-seed. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out mbcsportsedge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Thanks to Vaughn Dalzell and his terrible towel. Thank you. you <laughs> well, everyone, have a great weekend. Good luck with your bets, and uh, we'll be back on Monday. Cheers.